Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, it's another listener questions episode. That's my listener questions episode song. Uh, you guys will sometimes write into me some questions about animals and evolutionary biology. And heck, you know what? I answer them because that's who I am. And this week I have some really interesting questions. So let's get right into them. Although I guess before I do, if you have questions that you really want me to answer, you're, you it's just been a... Thing that's been keeping you up night after night you're like please answer this animal question i i need i need to sleep uh you can write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com with your question and i endeavor to respond always either i will respond to your email or uh when i do these listener question episodes i will respond on the air so thank you guys for writing in to me now let's get right into the first question so here is the first listener email. I have a question about primary colors and how we view them. Are what we view as primary colors universal or is it just an emergent property from how our cones are set up? I.e. does blue and yellow always make green or is that an effect caused by our RGB cones? Thanks so much and keep up the fantastic work. This is from Matt G. 
Uh, first of all, hi, Matt. Thank you. That is a great question. It, this is, it's very interesting, right? So like when we see color, it is light entering our eyeballs and hitting sensory cells at the back of our eye, what is called the retina. And these sensory cells are called rods and cones. Rods don't have much to do with seeing color. They're mostly used to be able to see in dim light. They're highly sensitive to light, but they are not so sensitive to color. That's why like when it's really dark out, like at night, like your sort of night vision, you don't really see color very well. You just see light and dark. Uh, but your cones, the other sensory cells in your eyeballs, actually can pick up on colors. And we have three types of cones. So with that information in your head, uh, let's talk a little bit about color. So color as pigments and color as light wavelengths are slightly different. Of course, ultimately, when we look at a pigment, we are seeing that color due to light wavelengths. So light bounces off a pigment, enters our eye, and that's how we see it. But primary colors for pigments are very different from the red, green, blue, or yellow wavelengths of light in terms of how they mix and produce color. So if you mix blue and yellow paint, it will make green. But if you combine blue and yellow light, it actually makes a white light. So if you combine green and red light, you get yellow, whereas green and red paint makes a sort of muddy brown. Uh, and if you mix all of the colors of paints, as you probably know from kindergarten, it creates brown. But if you mix all of the light colors, like you have a spotlights and all sorts of different color, and you mix all of them, it's going to create white. So light wavelengths interact in different ways than pigment molecules to create color. So I wouldn't say that primary colors are universal because wavelengths of light don't simply come in like red, blue, and yellow, or red, blue, and green. Primary colors like red, yellow, and blue are based on paint pigments, and color theorists came up with these as primary colors. It's not based in the science of light. But even when it comes to light, I wouldn't say there are exact primary colors. So while we sometimes describe our cones as being sorted into three categories of red cones, blue cones, and green cones, uh, meaning that these cones pick up on those types of light, uh, it's actually a little bit messier than that. Uh, light is a spectrum, so our eyes pick up on this spectrum of wavelengths. So we have three types of cone cells, and they don't each only pick up on one type of color. There's actually a range of light wavelengths that are able to trigger each type of cone cells. So instead of labeling these cone cells as red cones, blue cones, and green cones, perhaps the more accurate name is L, M, and S cones, which stands for long, medium, and short, referencing the types of wavelengths they tend to be sensitive to. So S cone cells, short wavelength cone cells, mostly pick up on blue light because blue light tends to have a shorter wavelength. But more precisely, there's like a bell curve from around 400 nanometers wavelength to 530 nanometers of wavelength that these S cones can but don't always pick up on. So 
This is the same case with the uh, medium and long cones. In fact, they overlap with each other quite a bit. So uh, these are the green and red cones. The M cones, the medium cones, pick up on a good amount of green light, but they can also pick up on some yellow and red. And the L cones, the long cones, pick up on mostly red light, but they can also pick up a little bit of yellow and green. So there's overlaps of the ranges of the type of light that each cone can respond to. Not only is each cone capable of picking up a spectrum of light, the color you perceive is actually determined by the combination and strength of activity of your cones. So say you've got some short wavelength cones that are picking up some blue, and then you've got some uh, of the long wavelength cones that are picking up red, uh, you may see something like kind of a purpley color or something, or, or you know, the, the number of uh, of cone cells that are being activated or the strength of the activation is going to determine how bright something is, what color it's going to be, the hue. And that's why we can see an incredible, nearly infinite range of colors, shades, and hues. So a little bit about human eyeballs. Humans are trichromats. We typically have three types of cones that detect three ranges of light, those S, M, and L cones that I described earlier. Most mammals are actually dichromats, having only the S cones, the short wavelengths, and the L cones, the long wavelength cones. Um, but there are also monochromats, animals who do not perceive color and see in black and white. Now, you may have heard at some point that dogs see in black and white. That's not true. Dogs are actually dichromats, so they do see a range of color, maybe not as much of a range as uh, humans do. But uh, in terms of monochromats, animals that truly only perceive in black and white, uh, these are typically cetaceans like whales and dolphins and pinnipeds, seals, sea lions, and walruses. But uh, before we get too smug about our amazing color vision, there are also animals who have more cones than humans. These are tetrachromats, which includes certain species of birds, reptiles, fish, and amphibians. Uh, in fact, it's thought that the common ancestor to all vertebrates was actually a tetrachromat having four types of cone cells, but that many mammals lost these extra cones. And the reason perhaps that we lost these extra cones is the nocturnal bottleneck. This is the theory that most mammals were forced to become nocturnal due to predation and competition with dinosaurs. So tetrachromats, having those four cones, can see a wider range of light wavelengths. And often this includes UV light. However, you do not have to be a tetrachromat to see UV light. All you need is at least one of your cone cells to be sensitive to that light and for your eyeball to actually allow UV light to pass through the lens. So for instance, human cones can theoretically detect UV light but the light is actually blocked by our lens. So people without the lens or with an artificial lens are actually slightly sensitive to UV light and can see a sort of bluish white or violet light. But that's not to say that this is the same as say another animal who can see UV light because our cones may not be quite as sensitive to UV light or pick up the full range of UV light. So a tetrachromat, uh, might see this light in a much richer way. Uh, we just simply don't know what it's like because we're not a bird. We can never get into the brain of a bird. Well, 
I don't want to say never, but with our current technology, so far we have not avatared into the brain of a bird, even though I would love that. That's my dream. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when I get back, I'm going to talk about some more listener questions and answer them to the best of my ability. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So here is an email in response to my recent Falling with Style episode. This listener wrote, uh, I like this as usual, but you left out Flying Fish. I wonder if you could do an entire episode about Flying Fish. There is a southern constellation of Volans, the Volans, the Flying Fish. But there are no legends associated with it. It's a modern one invented by astronomers during the Age of Exploration. Astronomers made up a lot of constellations which are no longer, quote, official. Today there are 88 official constellations, many of which are animals. And many of the constellations no longer official were also animals, such as the cat, the toad, and the flamingo. There are not any plant constellations. Wikipedia has an article on the former constellations. Could you do an episode about the constellations? This is from Stephen M. Thank you so much, Stephen. Honestly, it sounds like you know way more about constellations than I do. Uh, I I love constellations. I, I love the stars. Typically, I can't see them because I live in the city and light pollution prevents us from seeing the full range of stars, which is kind of sad. Uh, but the last time I went up into the mountains, I did have a wonderful view of the sky. I actually went to like a, a star tour 
thing where they they told you about all these constellations and all these stories, like these ancient, I guess, tales. And it was, it was still <laughs> kind of difficult. Uh, and I really can see why it was such a wonderful storytelling tool. You're lying there in the dark. Maybe it's a little spooky or a little scared of predators, but then you have all these bright stars. And so you can point to them and connect the dots and come up with stories. And it's something that while it's not true that these stars never change, of course, uh, physicists would tell you that there is, of course, change in, in the stars and in the night sky, but it's very slow and they are such a wonderful kind of constant thing that we all share to look up at. Uh, but I sadly don't know that much about uh, constellations. Yeah, maybe I'll do some research into it and see if I can, you know, do an episode about the real animals behind these constellations. But onto the other aspect of your question, which was flying fish. And those I do know a bit about. So I agree that flying fish are amazing. They are a family of fish found all over the world in tropical and subtropical oceans. They tend to be around 7 to 12 inches long, which is 17 to 30 centimeters, which makes them appetizing snacks for larger fish. So they have developed a strategy. They will take to the skies. They will launch themselves out of the water spread these amazing fishy wings and glide incredible distances. So their pectoral fins have evolved to splay out like membranous plane wings and they can leap into the air and glide amazingly long distances up to around, around 160 feet or 50 meters at a time, which is just incredible. Uh, in fact... Some of the records for flight uh, are even longer due to having a nice updraft from, say, like a large wave. They have been recorded to have reached up to 1,300 feet or 400 meters. That's, I mean, for something that is a fish, right? It is not supposed to be flying around. That is incredible. They're also fast. They can go over 35 miles an hour or 56 kilometers an hour. So these are serious flyers. Like I, I would, I mean, it's true that they are gliders. They, they don't necessarily uh, get much altitude when they're out of the water uh, and they glide rather than flap their wings. But it is, for a fish, I mean, come on, that's incredible. Uh, those amazing wings that are so aerodynamic and great for flying aren't so great for swimming. So they usually just keep them tucked at their side and do not use them for swimming. Just use torso movements and their um, their tails to swim around. And it is, it's incredible given that they are just like they're able to launch themselves clear out of the water just from the flicking of their back tails and their abdomens. Um, while their flight can get them out of sticky situations with predatory fish, sometimes they will then get picked off by predatory birds. So it's kind of like out of the frying ocean into the frying sky. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, uh, on to another listener question. So Justine S. wrote to me about a viral video of a toucan with see-through skin and asked if it is real. Uh, so yes, this video of a toucan where they pull back at the nape of its neck and it, you can see right through the skin. 
it is a real video, but I think it is important for some context, lest you think that uh, toucans like under their skin are just kind of like look like they're made out of glass or something. So in the video, someone parts the feathers on the nape of a toucan's neck, revealing this see-through membranous skin. Uh, so first of all, it's not necessarily a toucan-specific trait. Birds in general have very thin skin. They evolved to become very light, you know, these light hollow bones, thin skins, because they, they had to drop a lot of weight, a lot of ballast, so that they could fly. Uh, so yes, birds have very thin skin. They do not like to be insulted. Uh, and also, if you shine a bright light source behind a fold of a bird's skin, it becomes translucent. You can even, like for some small birds, shine a light on the top of their heads to be able to see how thick their skulls are. So the reason it looks so remarkable with the toucan is that toucans, uh, it's the feather pattern of the toucans. They do not have any down. They just have an outer layer of feathers that grow in rows. And in between the rows of these feathers, there's actually no feather growth. Um, normally, this isn't so noticeable because the feathers will overlay each other and hide the skin. But if you part the feathers, you can see bald areas of skin where there, where there are no feathers growing. And if you gently pull the nape of their neck and shine a light through it, the skin is translucent. Now, in the video, it may look like you can see like the bird's spine or something, but that thick part that you can that is not see-through uh, in the skin is actually not its spine. It's a thick band uh, that is uh, this vascular area from which the feathers grow. So that's like that's the row that the feathers are all growing out of, and it's kind of thicker, vascularized. So it is not its spine. You're not seeing its skeleton through its skin. You're just seeing sort of a flap, a, a membrane of skin. I mean, if you sort of shine a light through a thinner part of your skin, like through your palm or something or through a finger, you can see it's not uh, transparent or translucent, but you can see like some veins. You can even like if you shine a light through an ear or something, you can see some blood vessels at times. So it's like, you know, this is not something unique to, uh, to birds or to this toucan, but for sure uh, in this particular case, the combination of the toucan not having feathers there, having sort of a thin uh, nape of its neck, and having very thin skin, yes, that skin is translucent. So we're going to take a quick break, and when I get back, it's, hey, guess what? More listener questions. See you soon. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. 
transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So we are back. Uh, and here is another listener email that I received. I suggest you do an episode on legless lizards and how they are different from snakes. This could be a fun look at parallel evolution. Thank you for a great podcast. Thank you for a great podcast, Daniel L. So yeah, this is an amazing thing. I love legless lizards. I love them. Um, this is a great example of convergent evolution. So the distinction between parallel and convergent evolution is, it's I personally it. it always confuses me i it's kind of nitpicky and tricky and like there's technically a difference but it's really hard to kind of make that determination and sometimes there are like debates about it but uh it's subjective but this is my best way of explaining it convergent uh the reason i would say that the case of legless lizards and snakes is a case of convergent evolution is that the last common ancestors of snakes and lizards had legs and then snakes and lizards diverged and then the uh, snakes developed leglessness on their own and then the lizards then developed leglessness in some species so then they reconverge so like it, when they like diverge and then reconverge with a trait uh, or they start off kind of looking different and then converge. That's convergent evolution. Uh, whereas like with parallel evolution, I would say that's usually like, you know, they, they don't, they don't necessarily have that like initial divergence or, or initial separation in terms of traits. Their traits kind of like, um, you know, they may, they start at point A and they both independently get to point B. Uh, whereas with convergent evolution they start at point a and point c and then both of them come to point b it's not that's maybe not the best explanation of it or the most encapsulates all aspects of it like the relatedness of species and so on but for me that's kind of a good heuristic to tell the difference between convergent and parallel uh, evolution so in this case i would say legless lizard, legless lizards uh, and snakes are an example of convergent evolution. So legless lizards are indeed not snakes. Snakes are not simply defined as lizard without legs, even though that's kind of what it seems like they are. So snakes diverged from lizards around 
150 million years ago. In fact, you can see these different evolutionary stories when you compare legless lizards with snakes. There are some significant differences, such as legless lizards having ear holes and eyelids, uh, which snakes do not have. Also, uh, legless lizards have really long tails, whereas snakes do not. Now, this sounds weird, right? Like, what, what part of the snake is the tail versus just a more snake? It's not that clear. But snakes actually have relatively short tails. Uh, the tail part is behind their pelvis and does not contain any internal organs. It's a tail, whereas the rest of the snake, it's like this is its body, its torso. It's above the pelvis. It contains uh, or internal organs, its stomach, etc. Um, so like the tail part is a different part of the snake, even though it all seems like just like one tube. Uh, it does have an internal structure, of course. Uh, not only did lizards and snakes independently evolve leglessness, uh, even among the legless lizards, there are many cases of independent evolutionary paths that all led to no legs, which is incredible. Apparently, ditching legs when you are a burrower, like when you burrow in dirt, is a fairly popular and successful evolutionary strategy. So there are at least eight groups of lizards who have all independently lost their legs, and each group contains multiple species. Some legless lizards look fairly snake-like. Some look kind of chunky. Uh, they're like thick. And some kind of look like pink worms. They're really wonderful. It's a very diverse group of animals. Um, there are also lizards. In fact, it's such a popular strategy that it seems to happen really quickly. There are Australian lizards called skinks that uh, essentially became legless in around three and a half million years, which that sounds like a lot of time, but in terms of evolution, uh, that is very, very short. So it sounds counterintuitive, right? Like legs seem like a really good evolutionary trait. Why would you get rid of something that helps you get around? Well, if you spend a lot of time in like sand or soil, essentially just kind of swimming around in sand, having legs doesn't necessarily help you that much. And so by getting rid of the legs, you've made yourself more streamlined. Uh, you've, you know, it's always costly to have extra parts in evolution. You, typically, you don't keep a part um, that you don't need uh, because it is, it usually costs something. Now, sometimes you do, you'll have like a vestigial organ or a vestigial body part. If it's not really costing you that much it, and it doesn't affect your survival. Um, but generally speaking, if you have something that is not helping you and it is maybe even getting in your way, uh, you will become more streamlined. You will lose that. So uh, this is uh, this has happened in many different animal lineages. Um, I mean, in fact, like uh, we talked about Swifts uh, recently, but their little legs have become almost vestigial. They they still use their little feet to like hang on to the sides of buildings and stuff, but they cannot walk on those legs. They really can only fly and basically cling onto sides of buildings uh, with these little tiny uh, hook, hooks on their feet. Um, and in fact, this like snake body, right, is not only 
is not uh, unique to reptiles. There are also amphibians. These are called Sicilians. They are a group of amphibians that look like a cross between a worm and a snake. And they are legless amphibians. So they live underground. And despite looking like large worms, their diet is typically made up of worms. So I guess you are what you eat. Although, yeah, I don't know. It's like I'm trying to imagine like these Sicilians, which are basically like big worms, just eating a small worm. It feels wrong in a way, even though I know it's right. Anyways, uh, the Sicilian species, Bularanjula titana, uh, found in southeast Kenya, is a grayish-blue worm-like animal. It's an amphibian, of course, uh, with segmented rings. Uh, kind of like, I don't know if there's any dune fans out there, but it kind of looks like a dune worm, but small. <laughs> it's, it's pretty small. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it looks like an overgrown earthworm and females lay eggs, but they have a special trick when it comes to childcare. She grows a special layer of fatty, nutritious skin, uh, and then it allows its offspring to nibble this skin. So it's like, it's always fascinating to me when animals like, of course, mammals have lactation, right? We feed our young uh, through mammary glands that produce milk, but mammals are not the only ones that like produce some kind of bodily effluence that we feed our young. Uh, the Sicilian literally feeds it like mom jerky, jerky made out of the mother uh, that it basically the young can just kind of peel off little chunks of it and nibble on it and it gives them nutrition. Of course, there's like birds that have developed crop milk where they uh, you know, create this sort of fatty, lipid-rich uh, slurry in their crop and regurgitate it for their young. So, uh, and some animals, <laughs> like uh, certain spiders, uh, will just let their young eat them uh, once they hatch. So, you know, gosh, the love of a mother. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you know, I feel like I have a maternal instinct. I'm not sure if I'd let a baby eat my skin. Just going to put that out there. Well, that is it for listener questions. But of course, we have to do the mystery animal sound game. Now, uh, I'm sorry to say there is no new mystery animal sound this week. Um, I will reveal the uh, answer to last week's mystery animal sound actually next week. But hey, that just gives you an extra week to try and guess last week's mystery animal sound. Uh, but here is a refresher for what that was if in case you missed it. Last week's hint was this. The sharks and the jets are about to have a showdown. They really ought to calm down. Uh, so that, that, there's that. Uh, <laughs> here's another hint. It's not aliens. But if you think you know who's squawking, write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. You can also write your qu animal questions. Again, I will try to answer them, uh, either write back to you or, hey, even answer them on the podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you like these listener question episodes. It really helps me out because, first of all, I really enjoy seeing your questions. It often sends me down on a research rabbit hole, so I love that. Uh, but also, it's it's a little bit chill. It's a little laid back. It gives me 
a little breather while also being able to talk to you guys like directly, which I love. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the show and you leave a rating and review, I am super, super grateful for every one of you who have done that. It helps the show out immensely. And of course, like when I read the reviews, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel like I am talking to people and not sending my voice out into the void, uh, which, you know, I guess the void is fine too. Hi, void. Anyways, uh, thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Or even listen to your favorite shows. I'm going to judge you. Not, not in your... That is your business. I will stick out of your business. See you next Wednesday. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, guys. You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.